Greetings, friends of the apocalypse. Uh, this is Jared Apocalypse Nerd Wallace and uh, Adam Scott Glancy joining uh, you guys again for another trip into the wastelands uh, with episode 11 of Podcast Act Round Zero, The Man We Called Max. That's so, right. Our, our hero, or anti hero for a new age. Yes, and if you haven't figured out who it's about, uh, what this is about yet, then uh, why are you here? To learn, that's why you're here. <laughs> Until you've learned, you have to call him Mr. Rokitansky, right? That's you're not allowed to call him Max. No, no, you got to be friends with him. So, all right, we're, uh, folks, we're back after a uh, short hiatus. We had long, long hiatus. Short hiatus, but uh, <laughs> it seemed long to me. I had to do three different conventions in three different states and three on three consecutive weekends. That seemed long to me. That it was, was a long, long time. It was. It was. So, yeah, we had, like, Gen Con, and then Scott had two other f conventions after that each week. You know, then I had to come back to work, and I was excuses, 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 but we're back. If, so, if, we really, if we really loved you, we would have blown off these enormous money-making opportunities and merely podcast you from our cardboard box on the side of the road. Well, that would have been very apocalyptic. <laughs> yes, it would. Yes, it would. Eating, eating dog food out of a can in a cardboard box. Mmm. Good uh, times. Good, good times. times. So, all right. So, uh, we got, uh, like I said, we're going to be talking about Mad Max. Uh, we're going to talk about, you know, the trilogy. We're going to talk about the upcoming movie. You know, the little bits of tidbits of Mad Max and how it's kind of influenced movies and culture and the whole the post-apocalyptic culture as we know it at this point, because you can't you can't talk about the apocalypse without having you know people wearing uh, you know black spray painted sports gear anymore. So no, no, that's it. That's a new rule apparently since 1981, <laughs> is that all post-apocalyptic raiders have to have hit you know the big five sporting goods store before they went out to raid and pillage across the landscape. Yes, yeah. they said they set a very good standard with that. So. All right, so we're going to – I don't really have anything. I mean, I have a bunch of stuff I've encountered for you know along the way, but I, I got it all bookmarked. I haven't had a chance to look at it. I'll, I'll post stuff as I find it. You know, there's been all kinds of weird, interesting little things that have come up. Like the one thing you uh, you posted uh, on my Facebook. Oh, the house. The house in Vegas. Yeah, that, oh, that was – it was. I didn't get a chance to read the article. It was like the house that was the bunker that was in Vegas. Is that where that was? Yeah. Yeah, the underground house built in a bunker. You know, in fact, I'm going to go ahead and pop up the article – and see if I can, uh, you know, hit a little, uh, see if I can hit that screen share just to make that work. Let's see if we can make this go. So I'm going to go over and hit screen share, and hopefully we won't be kicked offline. And we'll go over here, start screen share. All right. Here from, I found, somebody posted it to me on this, this website, Messy Nessie Chic. Uh, and so what we've got here is a 1970s Cold War era home built 26 feet below ground. Can, uh, Jerry, can you see the uh, little photograph of the house there? Yeah, we can see like the front, uh, the front porch there. Yeah. That's that is a house built inside a fucking cave. All right, that is not a house on the surface. That is a fake tree. The rock is like a beer cooler next to the house. The wall showing a lovely green, you know, facade or or, or, or image of the outdoors. That's underground. This place. Is like here we go. Can you see that picture? Like, uh, go back. Let's go back to it. It's like uh, a boy and his dog. You know. Yes. Yeah. It's like it's like the it's like the underground bunker and a boy and his dog. And can you see that when I change the uh, picture? Can you see 
Did it change, or does it just give you a static image? No, that's uh, I'm seeing that you know the like the, the trees, the palm trees, the grass. Yeah. yeah, it's got an astroturf grass. It's got this 1960s kind of inlaid stone fake exterior. Uh, inside, it's got you know views out windows showing an outdoors that doesn't exist anymore. Um, it's really very heavily influenced by like 1970s style. I mean, there's the creepy kitchen. And I gotta tell you, that place looks like they've probably started eating visitors. You know, it's so neat and tidy. I mean, look at this kitchen. If these guys aren't cannibalizing their neighbors, they're 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 not doing it right. The pink curtains and the pink tile. So yeah, it was all the high tech 1970 could bring to the problem, with a giant ballroom inside of it. And well, again, the, the kitchen's got to be the kitchen's got to be clean because you know it takes a lot of work to get blood out. So they got to yeah, really yeah. they got to really be anal as well, besides being cannibal. So um, and so yeah, there's there's a horrible you know like that you look outside and there's an outdoors and you know but the one thing if I could find oh yeah the giant pink sunken mirrored bathtub. So when you're bathing, you can see all the open sores, you know, from the radiation poisoning that you've got. Oh, it's, um, it's, it's Roman, so they can fill it up with lots of blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The rock is not a beer cooler. It's an outdoor barbecue. Because, again, well, cannibals. What is this? What is this, the Flintstones? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a, there's a freaking running fountain. Uh, there's a pool. There's an image of the pool in one corner of the giant open. Look, 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 look the trees just go up into the roof. Why didn't they paint like the like the tree like looking up? On well, the top? they do. They do. They've got clouds painted on the ceiling with oh, it go, fake. It goes into the clouds. Mary and Jerry carved into the you know into the fake tree. That's awesome. And there's a there is a there well. is a hand pump. There's a hand pump, so you can get the feeling like you're on a farm. Despite the fact that all the cows and chickens are just painted on the wall. This, and this, fi so and is, finally, it, is, is this going to be in the next Fallout game? <laughs> if somebody isn't working on designing this as a fan-made bunker in Fallout, they're doing it wrong. Yes. And this is the one that creeps me out the most. Oh, yeah, the this, people. I saw that picture. Yes, where there's a fence around the edge of the... The, the the cavern the the, the and uh, this it's a split rail fence and then there's all these people just hanging out at the edge of the fence hanging out like hi remember us we're all the ones you left on the surface to die you know I'm sure we'll be let us let us in it's like something out of like uh, like an old Twilight Zone episode where the guy has the bunker and they you gotta let us in even though we said you were a crazy person before. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he just goes there to gloat and goes, you said I was crazy for building this bunker, but now you're the one whose testicles have fallen off due to the radiation. And this is, of course, what it looks like on the surface with this, you know, crappy, I don't know, uh, sort of, yeah, I, I, I'm just stunned. I'm <laughs> just freaking stunned by the whole thing. Well, the thing all is, right. now now all his neighbors know it's there, so now now they're going to try to get in when the, when the bombs yeah. fall, or the zombies come, or the meteors strike, or the aliens come, whatever the case may be, you know? But whatever, we're, yes, luckily something will happen. Something will happen, and everyone's going to try to break in there, so... Well, you know, my understanding is that the people who built it are long gone. Oh, oh. You know, and that the original owners are gone, and that now it is just owned by people who bought it as a curiosity. I mean, you'll notice they've drained the, the underground pool 
and none of the water's working down there. Oh, I thought. Oh, I thought this was something that was current. Oh, yeah, what's wrong with these people? Why aren't they living there? What the fuck's wrong with them? You know. You know, why would you buy something like that and not set up shop down there? I mean, <laughs> I I don't know. It's uh, poor. It's poor thinking. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess maybe they wanted access to the sun or something, you know, so they can get skin cancer in the Nevada. Sun, sun's overrated. No. <laughs> You used to live in Florida. It's overrated. You know that. Yeah. Says the two pasty white guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Who were saying. Sun is overrated. So, anyways, that is the only thing we came up with, which was just eight-cylinder, fuel-injected, you know, nitrous system crazy as far as the apocalypse goes. That's our that's our big find this month. That's our big find for now. So, all right. So, let's start talking about Mad Max. So, we got Mad Max. It's a tr as we know, it's a trilogy, which started off with Mad Max and then Mad Max 2 in Australia, but also known as the Road Warrior here, and then of course Beyond Thunderdome with uh, Tina Turner. So, well, now uh, my big question to start off with is, when did you first get to see Mad Max? Because in '79, I wasn't old enough to get into the theaters mm -hmm. and see it. I didn't see. Well, I didn't see the first. I didn't. I didn't get to see Mad Max until well afterwards. I actually saw the Road Warrior. In the theaters in 1981, I would have been, what was I, uh, 81, so I would have been 12, 12 going on 13. It was probably the summer of my 13, you know, well, no, it was 12. Wait, was it 81 or 82? It's, it's 81. It's 81. 81. Okay, so uh, then I would have been 12 years old. I saw that in the theaters at the Lowe's Theater at the Carl Springs Mall. Rated our movie, went all by myself. Now, mind you, when I was 12, I was almost well, six were, foot. You're a pituitary freak. Yeah, yeah, you had a beard. At I was I was petite, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah, no. When I was fourteen, I was already six foot, you know. So I, mind you, I looked like a bit. They didn't they didn't really give a crap about that stuff back then. But I yes, I saw the Road Warrior in the theater because again, this is the early days of I. I just kind of started getting into the apocalyptic stuff, and I was like, oh, the Road Warrior. So I mean, it didn't start with that. It started no. somehow before. Well, but, I was, I, you know what? I remember where I saw it. It was. God, now if I can just try and remember the guy's name. It was a friend of mine in in high school. His dad was one of the chemistry teachers in high school. It was Jack something or other. Um, Walter Walter White? I wish. Um, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, uh, probably, probably not. Um, no, but uh, they uh, Jack's dad uh, was, the, was the adult to take me and Jack to go see The Road Warrior in 1981. I would have been, uh, I guess... Uh, 14, 14, 14 or 15. 15. Um, I'm 18 and 84. Uh, so, um, 15. Yeah, we'll 15 years old, and uh, he's the one who um, who, who who snuck us in. And, snuck you in. Well, snuck you in. I got it all by my I got it all by myself. <laughs> I didn't have my parents. I didn't have my parents' permission to go see this movie. I just had an adult with me. That's all. Oh. I had. And you know. It was as much as Star Wars, and I went to see it at the same theater, this little double-plex behind the Altamont Mall in Altamont Springs, Florida. It's all gone now. It's all been torn down and replaced by some Googleplex that's up. But it was just this two little two-screen. That's where I saw Star Wars, you know, back, I don't know, would have been uh, four or five years earlier. Uh, and that was sort of a life-changing nerd event. Oh, yeah. And, holy cow! There's... Nothing was uh, that Star Wars had nothing on the Road, the Road Warrior. Warrior. Oh no, no, no! That was the difference between being a kid, and being a man, was going to see the Road Warrior. Yeah, you know, you know uh, 
people of the you know people like myself of the tribe would typically have you know a bar mitzvah, but people like me would go see the road warrior, you know, yeah. so become a man. Forget the Torah, you know. <laughs> yeah, let's, we're going to Torah up some road with this yeah. fucking, the last of the V8 interceptors. Oh, my God. Forget the Torah. you got to pray over the V8, okay? <laughs> but, um, so put that's why. Hand, put your hands on the blower. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. But, um, so that's, that's why I originally saw it. I didn't see the original Mad Max, the, the first, until way after. Now, I, I saw that on HBO. I think yeah, what happened is a couple years later, I ended up seeing it on HBO. I we rented it, and then let me let me tell you, I was disappointed. Oh yeah, very disappointed, because I was like, oh, if the Road Warriors got all this badass shit, this is the beginning. It's got to be real badass. It was a very different film, yeah. because the Road Warrior, Thunderdome were after whatever events happened, so it was ap apocalyptic. The Road Warrior is arg arguable. Uh, Thank you. Arguably. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Me talk well. Uh, was not. It was prior or maybe during, but it really wasn't a post-apocalyptic film. They they alluded to things were breaking down a bit, but then again, were they really breaking down, or was that just rule Australia? You know, <laughs> you know yeah. we don't. <laughs> we don't well, know. Everything we know about Australia today suggests that it is a continent. Designed to kill people. I mean, it's the the deadliest snakes, the deadliest spider. They've got a poisonous fucking tiny purple octopus. You know, they've got crocodiles. They've got all the their freaking platypuses are poisonous. All right, the duckbill platypus is poisonous. Clearly, Australia is designed to kill you. When they showed us that image of of Australia in Mad Max, I thought, well, that's just the way that shit is. That's just Australia. <laughs> exactly. Know? So, so the Mad Max the original one, it's it really more of is it's more of a development of the character of why he got the way he did, you know, because it's I mean, it was a little lawless, but again, you know, is that just the rural areas they lived in? But they were talking about things like, oh, this is the last V8, you know, the law seemed kind of weird. Say like maybe things were kind of I think spiraling down. I mean, it's it's clearly I got the impression that either the war it was like maybe it was like um, on the beach where yeah. the big nuclear war had happened somewhere else. And Australia is breaking down because they don't have the same access to petrochemicals. Um, you know, uh, there's, you know, the, the, the general pranging of the world economy by a nuclear war has left Australia in a in a spiral, kind of like England is in Children of Men. Well, I don't think it necessarily happened yet because there, there, fuel was a plenty. Nobody was looking for the juice, so I think maybe. The conflicts had possibly started. Like there was the buildup of the tension. The wars were maybe in other places, so things were definitely on a downturn at that point. You know, maybe commerce wasn't as good, but definitely, I mean, they had structure, they had organization. It seemed kind of loose at, at a lot of places. Yeah, I but. agree. I, I agree that I'm not suggesting that the government is gone, but it's clearly martial law. There's clearly areas that they have just they have just triaged that are no oh, yeah. longer well, being. Well, 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 yeah, because they have the signs like, you know, radiations, you know, so something went, something's happened. Oh, and there was and that sign, you were entering an unpatrolled area. Yeah, And that's exactly. the first thing they show you, is number of highway fatalities this year, 57 or whatever it was. You know, that's your first shot of the film is the sign that says, you were leaving a controlled area. Yeah, so things are definitely on the downturn. But again, not post-apocalyptic, pre-post-apocalyptic, definitely building up, developing the character, you know, a little bit long and kind of, oh, at points. But it, it tells you who the man, the man Max was and why he got cold and left and things like that. So 
again, cl classic film, you know, it's good, but again, if, you, if you're just looking for post-apocalyptic goodness, not so much, you know? However, I gotta say that not only does Max, does, does Mad Max deliver us our first look at the V8 Interceptor, which is Ty fucking Tannic, but um, it also presents us with a revenge killing that has been cannibalized in one movie after another, after another, after another. And when Mad Max kills Johnny the Boy and leaves him... Uh, huh. Sorry, sorry, my, my mic was off. Okay. So when he's, oh, when he's handcuffed to the car and... Yeah, and it's going to burn fuel, out. yeah. That death has been cannibalized over and over again. The most obvious one is uh, Rorschach killing the kidnapper in The Watchmen. Where he sets the house on fire and handcuffs the guy to the to the uh, you know to the radiator or the sink that was at the pipes under the sink and he's yeah. like, here's a hacksaw. I bet you can. Get, well, let's see if you can get to your wrist in less than a minute. You know, and that's that's been used a million times since they they did that in Mad Max. Was it? But was it ever done before? Was it ever done prior? I to never. That? I I never saw that shit before. Yeah. Um, whether in in original Australian or the English dubbing. Did we mention that horror show yet? Oh, how it was dubbed, because, yeah, because we can't possibly understand an Australian accent, so we got to dub it into American English, because... I don't think we got an Australian version, the Australian soundtrack, the original dialogue for Mad Max, until the 2000s. Yeah, oh, it was very, very late, until, like, one, some of the later like, editions. Almost, like, a quarter of a century to get the original... Well, because, you know, it's like, you know... They're speaking with marbles in their mouth. We don't understand what, they, what they're talking Australian, you know. <laughs> Fortunately, we didn't have to put up with that on Road Warrior. Oh no! So they they didn't bother with any of that shit. So, so let's leave Mad Max uh, where it is, and then you know, like I said, it's a classic film. You know, builds off the character. Then we get the Road Warrior, complete departure from the original film. Everything's gone to shit at this point, and they they build up with the narration in the beginning, talk about you know. The two tribes, the building, you know, the gear, you know, the, the machines shutting down because there's no fuel, the great wars that they forget about. So, you know, he, they build up with a narration of uh, what they're what they're going going for there. Now, this film, like I said, there was post-apocalyptic films way prior to that, like we've talked about before. You know, like A Boy and His Dog and uh, The Ravagers. The you Ravagers. Know, you know, there's all there's you know we've talked about all kinds. You know, The Omega Man. Uh, you know, Logan's wrong. We talk about so many different post-apocalyptic films. They were around. They were popular in the 70s. The Ultimate Warrior. But this was the catalyst. This is the pro I think this was the cattle prod that really launched it uh, out after that movie because it was so popular, you know? Remember, remember, it's 81. We're still, you know, high of the Cold War. Everyone's shit scared that Reagan is going to, you know, push the button because you can't tell the difference between the, the, the nurse button and the nuke button. If I could just go back to that, what? Was it a Phil Collins video? Uh, um, yep. Uh, yeah. uh, Land of Confusion. Yeah. So, you know, um, we're all shit scared that uh, they're going to push the button. So um, this is perfect for the 80s. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's, and it set the tone. Now, that film, the beginning of that film, like that beginning scene, not just the narration with, with, the, with the different, you know, the montage, but that first scene with the smoke and you start up really high and the way you're just slowly just zooming in, zooming in, zooming in, zooming in, hit that high, and it starts going down the highway, then boom, it's like you're right in the front of the car and the engine. Wow. Yeah. I was blown away by that opening. 
when I was yeah. 12 years old. That was amazing. I loved yeah. it. I was like, wow, this movie's awesome. You know? Which has been since, you know, again, you know, now it's now it's iconic. Now it's, now it's you know, people uh, go to that for their ripoff because, holy shit, it worked. Oh, it was, it was absolutely amazing. So, so the, again, this film, again, it's a simple, as we know, simple story. You know, Max is, you know, jaded and hard, and he's just roaming the roaming the wastelands, and there's roaming gangs of raiders looking for the juice, the precious juice. Nah, and some recreational looting and pillaging, too. I mean, there's, you know, and raping. There's always and some raping. good raping. Well, there's always, there's, there's always raping, but uh, there's always raping in the apocalypse. Yeah. So... Um, like I said, if you haven't seen this movie, we don't we don't need to get into super details of all the nuances. But if you don't know, then again, why are you watching? Shame on you! Shame, shame on you! Shame on you! Uh, the movie does just about everything right. You know, um, I, I'm I'm trying to think of some place where it fucked up, and you know what? I mean, right down to the part where they, you know, is it? Oh, spoilers! Right? So we just say spoiler, spoiler alert. Oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, you know, they do everything right. They, you know, they fucking kill Max's dog. Okay. I, I everybody, know. if everybody in the theater wasn't pissed enough that they wrecked the last of the V8 interceptors, then the bad guys have to go and kill his fucking dog. And at that point, it's like, okay, what part of Rampage did you not understand? <laughs> Everybody's gonna have to die now because you killed a puppy. And you killed the best car that ever, you know, rolled the face of the earth. So yeah, well, that's he, it. Gloves well, off. <laughs> well, would have been perfect if he would have said it was uh, actually a quote from Last Generation comic book, where there, there's this uh, when they're in uh, like Morocco, there's this bar fight that starts. Somebody gets pushed, and this one guy just stands up. Somebody's gonna die. Maybe everybody, starting with you. Okay. <laughs> That's that's basically what he. That's what is the overtone of his attitude was. Oh, that somebody's, was the audience. The audience is. <laughs> somebody's gonna die. Maybe everybody. So, oh yeah, that was just. I would but like that, to but, point out that that the director, uh, it was Miller Kennedy. I think it's George Miller is the director on uh, Mad Max Two. Let me just yeah, it's um, uh, yes, yeah, George Miller and uh, George. Let's point out something about George. This is the same guy who made Babe and Babe Pig in the City. That's true. All right? So he clearly knows how to manipulate your fucking emotions. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and he definitely did it in both these films, too. This, this film, extremely well. And another important shout-out is Graham Grace Walker, who was the art director for this film. I, the, the one who chose uh, buttless leather chaps and uh, yeah. shoulder pads. Yes, the man who brought us the, uh, the 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 new wave of post-apocalyptic marauders, where they've all gone by big five to pick up on all the sports kids. I mean, there's a there's a guy in a catcher's mask that Max blows off the side of the truck at the end of the movie. So yeah, our, catcher's mask, uh, you know, hockey helmets. It's all sporting. Well, again, okay, again, let's think logically here. If you're looking for protection, what's going to be what's going to be easier to get? Sporting good equipment or riot gear from your from the police station? You know, so it, it, it kind of, I mean, in a, in a sense, it kind of it makes sense. You know, it's really it, it's logical. But the thing is, it, be, it that became everybody was there. Every movie that came well, out after that had shoulder pads and football helmets and hockey cannot, masks. We cannot blame. We cannot blame, you know, the rest of the we, of the copycatters. We can't blame blame Grace 
and George Kennedy and Miller, you know, George Miller for what came after them. They oh, were yeah. well, well they came up they came they came with a with a with an innovative idea. It kind of it was kind of ridiculous, but made sense at the same time, you know, because where are you going to find armor and things like that? It, it, you know, it does make sense. But, um, and also the thing is the lack of weaponry, too, because, again, I think that was more inherent of Australia itself, because you're like, why do they got bows and arrows and, you know, boomerangs? And because, well, it's not a gun country well, well, like, was, like America. Well, you got to remember that Australia went through their big spasm of uh, anti-gun legislation after... Let's see. There was a there was a school shooting, and then there was a then there was a guy, you know, who was like some uh, mentally ill guy who befriended and uh, stole all the money from a woman who'd won the lottery, and then eventually went on a rampage. They had two crazy well, shooters well, when, in well, Australia, when, when, but when that was, was that's late eighties. It's long after. It's long after. Um, but still, they might have had they might have had more far, but they're not like you know not like on par with this country though. Well, it was this, Australia was a frontier society. I mean, like America, they had some locals, the Aborigines, they pushed out of the way to make their country. Um, so they do have sort of a wild west cattle ranching feel to some of the place. Some of the places. But but I, so I didn't really get that it was like a, a reference to so to Australia. I didn't get the impression, and maybe if there are some Australians watching. They can correct me on this. That it was a comment on the lack of firearms in Australia, but more a situation that um, things had broken down so far and so fast that were you know that, that so much talent has been lost and so much engineering materials have been lost that we're running out of bullets now. Well, well, but then 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 what comes up is well, how far into it is it? I mean, is is yeah. it? Is it, it's not. It's not like it's two, three, five years afterwards. It's probably within. I, well, I but got, the, oh, but then okay. But then we. But then we could. Well, then we could roll back a little bit because it's like okay, from one to two, how many years have transpired? But then if we also go with the assumption that one is during a breakdown, so things are getting more and more scarce. So then maybe it's a longer term effect of, you know, mass production of weaponry, firearms, you know, bullets. So maybe at that point, even if it's only two, maybe two years afterwards, then. But then add however many years were before that, so we've gone a number of years where there's not like you know they're cranking out you know bullets left and right. Maybe. Well, I, I gotta admit though that um, the thing that always got me is that I I, I kind of thought well sure all right I can buy that they're running out of you know that 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 they're running out of access to weapon you know, ammunition presses and things like that, but boy you guys sure are burning up a lot of petrochemicals with these riding around on your motorcycles and dune buggies. I would have thought that the vehicles would have broken down long before the ability to reload firearms did. But that, be that as it may, it was, well, but, 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 it was an interesting choice to go with this sort of medieval weapons. Well, but also think about this, because um, I know you don't know as much about uh, like vehicles, um, but you know those are all like '70s vehicles. '70s vehicles were a lot simpler. Computers, oh. they were a lot easier to maintain because you know Fair what. Enough. Because you know what? Yeah, I don't have the wiring harness to like see the speedometer and my air conditioning to play my radio. But you know what? I have enough to just have the starter button, turn the starter to turn the engine over, to have the spark plugs work, to make the engine work. Boom. That's you know, fair. Maybe have lights. So things they were a lot simpler to maintain. Because you know, if you just threw out the window all the luxuries and just had the base like mechanical functioning things, 
you could you know you could stretch them out a lot a lot longer. You're right. Time. It's, it's 1981. There's probably not a chip to be found of anything out there. Well, there is, but no, it's not. But then most of those are like 70s vehicles. Well, well, yeah. the, v, the V8 Interceptor was uh, a, a Falcon, which was a 1973 Ford Australian vehicle. So that's almost 10 years prior. In the 70s, they're even more simpler. Yeah. So fair enough. Fair enough. But again, we were always we were all blown away by this sort of. Uh, I don't know, the sort of idea that they've got these high-tech things like the gyrocopter and the trucks and the vehicles and motorcycles combined with all this medieval weaponry, um, which does, and does, however, does have the advantage of not running out of ammunition, you know. Well, unless you run out of arrows. Uh, but, you, just pull, uh, you just pull them out of the, pull them out of the guy next to you. you know, well, yeah, because it's very, you know, they have bows and arrows, hand crossbows. It's very, again, it's very, it seems like, okay, cars but no guns. But then if we if we just jump ahead to... Beyond Thunderdome, guns became very common because they had a place to sit down and manufacture ammunition. Were they, manuf- they a- were, were they manufacturing ammunition though? I imagine they're doing it in Bartertown. I imagine that Bartertown's number one thing, besides you know methane gas for the fuel, is the number one thing is down there. They have energy to run, uh, you know, uh, presses. machine presses. Yeah, and so they're cranking out ammo. Uh, well, the, the ultimate, one- and as we've learned, ammo ultimate barter option. In the apocalypse, and I'll ask you this one thing: Do yeah. you know who runs Bartertown? So, <laughs> wow, wow! I'm but gonna have to say I'm gonna have to say Master Blaster runs. Master that. Blaster, say louder! But uh, <laughs> so the second one again, classic film, you know, very good, set the tone, astounding, uh, astounding stunts, some of which are almost Ben Hur. I yes. mean. There's a couple of stunts you're going to see in that movie, and also in the first Mad Max, where the stunts didn't quite work out the way they planned. Uh, luckily, nobody died. But the, you're going to see some fu- folks get hurt making that movie. So, again, so that's at the tone. Because then, you know, from Mad Max, you know, that's there was things like, uh, what was it, uh, Bronx Warriors, and oh my um, god, you know things like all these, all these copycat movies stemmed after the World Everybody, War. every hero's wearing a damn set of leather black pants uh-huh. and a leather jacket. Um, Metal Storm, the destruction of Jared Sin in 3D. In 3D, starring Tim Thomerson and Richard Mall, and who did we say? Travolta's wife was in it. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember her name, but uh, yes, the Travolta's wife was in that, and whatever poor bastard played Papagallo in, in, you know, Thunder. No, in, uh, in Road Warrior. Road Warrior. Uh, oh, so, what a terrible, terrible film. So it's so it really set the pace for you know there was tons of them. We could look them up. I think I found a database somewhere at one point where I'd have to dig up all these films, but a lot of copycat films now. Yeah. Many years later, which uh, was it, 80? When was Beyond Thunderdome? 88? All right, let's see here. Thunderdome is actually 1985. Oh, five, okay. You, uh, much sooner than you thought, 1985. Oh, I, th- I thought there was a lot longer. All I remember is when I, fir- when, I, when I first saw that movie, my opinion was, okay, it started off great, it was good, until it got to the whole thing with the kids, you know. I will agree with you. Uh, it uh, it started off pretty good. Um, granted, uh, how do I put this? There. Oh, by the way, spoilers! 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 <laughs> they didn't kill as many people as I was expecting them to kill. Well, oh, it, 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 it had Tina Turner. They were probably trying to make it a more 
I don't know acceptable what acceptable film. I don't know what they were doing. But even but. during the awesome, you know, uh, the the the, uh, the 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 interview process. The interview. Yes. Um, there's not enough dead bodies created during that. Um, I don't think there are any. Honestly, I don't think that he beat up some guys. But I, it it really started feeling like the film was pulling its punches, um, and certainly. Well, they definitely they, they, def they definitely seem like they're trying to tone it down a little bit. We didn't come to the for it to be toned down. That's not why we bought a ticket. We bought a ticket to see shit explode and guys get run over while wearing mohawks and you know, uh, sports sports gear. That's what we came for. That's true. But but, but looking back at in the past, so because I said it started off good. He went out to you know he got uh, uh, what do they call it when they send him out to the when they when they spin the wheel. Oh, he, uh, what is that called where they send him? Break uh, the deal, face the wheel. wheel. Uh, um, exile? No, it wasn't exile. No, it wasn't. It, it, it was. Oh, what the fuck? What is it called? Um, I don't remember now. But they uh, said it, it was a specific word. Like they sent him out to the desert. So yeah, yeah. then they encountered it, the it kid. Wasn't, it wasn't exile, but it was something like that. I didn't mind the kids to start with because I was immediately reminded of uh, Lord of the Flies. Yeah, it was very and, much like that. Plane which crashes. Is, which the, is post-apocalyptic. Yeah, plane crashes. Kid, you know, the kids are left, and you know, you have the older kids taking care of the younger kids. So it made it made sense. These are young kids who didn't weren't exposed, you know, too much to society. You know, they they, they crashed in the middle of the desert. There was an oasis there, and you know, they grew up and they grew up as primitives because that's all they know. You know, so technology is magic. So it, it kind of all made sense because that's kind of what would happen. You know, they remember the before the before time and um, the uh, apocalypse and yes. So it made it made sense, and then the whole you know he made friends with them, and they thought he was the savior, and they went back. So as I've come back to, I still don't think it's still not as good as you know the Road no, Warrior it's, it's by not. any means. It's but, uh, it is way too, it is way too toned down. Family uh, friendly? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about family friendly, but I will note that I have uh, wandered over to uh, the Mad Max wiki uh, and uh, Gulag. Gulag, thank you. That was that was what they called that. They actually have a lovely photograph of the wheel. Um, here it says, acquittal, gulag, auntie's choice, life imprisonment, amputation, underworld, death, what forfeit goods, uh, hard labor, and I can't read the last one. Spin again. <laughs> Oh, okay, well, that's, that's always, the wheel. You always want you always want that. So, not as good movie. Definitely set you up for you know another sequel potentially because Max wandered off. You know they they flew off into the sunset and they set up in the old they set up in old Australia, which is again interesting the the setting they did because all around you know the uh, the opera house and. All those it waterways are all those waterways are dry, but don't those connect from the ocean? Yeah, the one thing that they that, that sort of struck me was how the buildings all looked like the tops were sheared off by a nuclear blast. I mean, it, it didn't look like merely a matter of society devolving and falling apart due to lack of resources. It oh, looked that's, like well, that definitely and that definitely took place a lot uh, many years after, but. I'm just looking at the, the level of devastation is all the, the water around the city is gone, and that feeds from the ocean. It's not a lake. It's not a river. It's gone, McCready. There's no, <laughs> so 
so did the water did the you know the water levels uh, decrease in the world? So are they did, did they just think it looked cool and they didn't think about that, right? Well, you know, they're probably not a lot of thinking about it, but maybe we got that uh, nuclear winter that Carl Sagan was always promising us, and the result is the polar ice caps, you know, filled up with water and the ocean levels dropped. Possibly, maybe. Um, I would also like to point out that one of the other failings of Beyond Thunderdome, besides the fact that they An plenty, another one, <laughs> they got plenty. Sadly, they have plenty. Um, is the chase at the end? Now, oh yeah. Mad Max had this chase at the end where it was the truck going down a, a straight piece of road with a bunch of guys chasing. Now, in, the in, train. In, in, in sorry, in uh, uh, you know, road war, that's the tanker full of gas. That was yep. great. Well, suddenly, out of the fucking blue, for reasons that even now seem, I mean, it looks like they just ran out of ideas. You've got another chase on a truck-like vehicle going down a straightaway. Except it's a rail line this time instead yeah. of you know the road, with a bunch of vehicles chasing them for again, really this is it? This is the best you got? Well, you they were they they were trying to you know capture on our you know our uh, race memory of the first movie to be like oh this is cool because it's just like the other one you know our race memory what are you Robert E Howard now? <laughs> yeah, well you know <laughs> they were hoping that we would like oh forgive them for all the other shit they put us through in the film and go oh look there's a big chase where everybody goes straight. Yes. You know, thank, thank goodness we finally got that part because that's what we wanted, you know. Oh, and and uh, you know, of course, you know, all these vehicles which came out of nowhere, which we didn't see before. Oh yeah, but, yeah. But one again, uh, but if we go back a little bit into that movie, the one of the, I don't know, I still think the best scene in that entire movie, which again has been copied over and over and over again, is when he's checking into uh, Barter Town and they're like, "You got to leave your weapons." <laughs> and he spends about, what, 25, 30 minutes pulling out weapons? Yeah, you know? it's, it's literally it's like a minute and a half of screen time of just, yeah. just pulling out guns. Guns and, and ammo and knives. So, again, that scene, awesome scene. Never, and, I don't and you gotta, And you've got to admit, you've got to admit that Thunderdome and its whole two-men-enter, one-men-leave chant has become iconic. I mean, despite the fact that the rest of the movie doesn't hold up. Oh, no, that... that, that that stays. That's got staying power. The whole Thunderdome thing, you know that scene. Well, because look, there was some, um, there was some uh, rapper. I don't know when did some kind of video, which is basically copying Mad Max and Thunderdome and stuff like that. I, I don't remember who it was at all, but I just remember hearing about it. So it, I'm, I'm sure it, we wouldn't have to dig, dig very deep over at Futurama to find some Thunderdome jokes. Oh yeah, it's 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 very you know the whole Mad Max you know trilogy, the culture, it's it's very iconic and it's it's definitely steeped in our in our society now because of you know the references, you know like like we talked about Fallout, how all the Raiders look like, you know oh, all yeah, the show yeah. the show. Older pads and the mohawks. It's 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 very predominant and it's it set a standard, you know, and it's it stayed with us to this day. Now, yeah, that's not bad. That's you know, again, thirty five almost years, thirty four years of of having a cultural impact on the genre. So that's pretty freaking good. Thank you very much. Yeah, so it's got some staying power. Now, uh, and also to show some other influences on uh, the culture is. There was um, a board game by Milton Bradley uh, that came out called Thunder Road. Do you remember that? 
Yeah, we've talked about Thunder Road on the show before. We talked about Thunder Road, you know, and I played that game, you know, with the whole little gyrocopters and the, and the you know, we got that. There was a Super NES game that came out for uh, Mad, based on Mad Max. Oh, um, Car Wars, Steve Jackson's Car Wars. Car Wars, and uh, there's another video game coming out uh, next year uh, based off the new movie that's coming out, which we'll talk about in a second. Okay. And there's uh, an RPG called uh, that was put out by Fantasy Flight Games, which I've talked about before, uh, Redline, which okay. is which is basically car combat role playing game. It's basically set in the Mad, basically the Mad Max universe, uh, essentially. So we still got a lot of things based on that. And before we talk about the new Mad Max movie, the reboot, uh, called Mad Max Fury Road, there was a Mad Max documentary uh, that's out that I watched. I rented it and watched it because I had all this free credit on Amazon for rental, so I wasn't going to pay good money for it, so I rented it for free. It was called... Um, what the fuck is it called? I just forgot. Um, Welcome to Wherever You Are. The Mad Max documentary. They kind of... These are these a few Australian guys make this mock replica V8 interceptor, and they start driving around Australia to, to go to locations. Some locations. Well, their intention was to go to locations where the things were filmed. They're trying to track down, you know, like a couple and, of the towns. Let's, well, let's point out that this film is again 35 years old, and yet there are still car shops that you can find on the internet who specialize in converting Ford Falcons into V8 interceptors. Yep, you can get all the parts. So these guys are going around trying to find the locations, and they're trying to find out that you know they're they're looking for the mis this mysterious original V8 interceptor. Now that was the basic concept of the documentary, but it fell flat completely. There was very little of actual research. Basically, it was just them. Yeah, this is how we this is how much we like the film, and this is how we made the car. And look, we're driving around, and we're driving around, and we're driving around, and oh, look. Look! Look! Our truck broke down, and here's Ow. here's 15 minutes of us trying to fix our truck. You know, it, you know. So it was riveting. Very, this is riveting stuff. It, it was not riveting. <laughs> very, very, very little um, about it. They, they didn't really show us anything. We couldn't have Googled uh, or in the Wikipedia, and uh, it ended off with this probably another 20 minutes of this. There's apparently there's this large race uh, somewhere in Australia. And apparently they call it the Mad Max culture because, like, these people get drunk and they have, like, derbies and they burn cars. It's like, you know, Burning Man for car, you know, for car race enthusiasts or something. You know, it was really weird. And they probably spent, like, 20 minutes on that. I'm like, what the fuck does this got to do with Mad Max? None of it. It was so, you know, the movie, the documentary probably could have been about 15 minutes and would have covered all the Mad Max information they found. So That, that is some sad shit. Oh, yeah, wait, yeah. wait a minute now. Tell tell the tell the viewers uh, all two or three of them. Yeah. Um, what uh, there's two there's two there's two people watching right now. Hi everybody. But uh, make sure these guys know about uh, the uh, the two uh, sort of uh, you know conventions. Yes. Or Mad Max or Wasteland Weekend and what's the other one? Yes, we have we have Wasteland. Uh, thank you, uh, Richard Balsley, who just told me that the Thunderdome video was from a Tupac. Uh, a Tupac's uh, Shakara song. So <laughs> thank you, Richard. Did you just Bal say? Did you just say Tupac Shakara? You are so white, dude. Shakur, Tupac Shakur. Shakur. Holy crap! I don't even listen to him. Like, all right, moving along. Well, okay, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, okay? But uh, uh, white wow. boy, Jewish white boy from South Florida. Exactly. Ask him about, 
Thank you. Ask him about lust more, and he can tell you everything. Yeah, I'll tell you everything about that. But <laughs> um, so thank you, Richard, for telling us it's Tupac. And um, there was well, there was uh, the did original. He fight, did he fight Biggie? Did he fight Biggie Smalls in the Thunderdome? I, I that would be some I, shit. I, I, I don't know. I, okay, I don't watch it. I don't listen to it. I just know about it. All right. Okay. Please. Okay. Moving along. Moving along. All right. <laughs> There was an originally a, an event I discovered uh, about six years ago, six years ago called Road War Northwest. It's a car convention. It was originally based on the whole Mad Max theme. Like they, there, there was a couple. There people would have replicas of Mad Max cars, bring them there. They actually had Weds come out. Very small little car. It's like a car show. And over the years, it's gotten bigger and bigger. It's really turned into just like a a classic car show. With cars from you know different movies, you know replicas and things like that, so, which is kind of cool in itself. But it started off yeah. as a mad as a Mad Max event. You got to wheel the got to wheel the Landmaster up there is what you got to do. Oh yeah. So and their 2007, which might have been their no, it wasn't wasn't their first one, but the the one in 2007 they were going to do what was called the Tanker Run. The guy who rent who owned the uh, who ran the convention rented a tanker truck. And they were going to drive a tanker truck from the car show at a museum to this uh, drive-in movie theater where they're going to like show movies. And they were going to have all the cars from the show, especially Mad Max cars, do this tanker run. Where they're going to drive the car, drive the tanker, and they have a, they contacted a local group of gyrocopter club who's going to fly the gyrocopters over the tanker truck and the cars. Uh, during during the run, but unfortunately it rained in the afternoon and they were grounded, so they couldn't fly. But they still did the run. They still they, ran the tanker truck. They still ran the tanker, ran the car, and they they've been doing this every year, and it's gotten bigger and bigger. So I always thought that that's, was really... that's some awesome shit right there. Yeah, I don't know if they do the tanker run every year, but they but the fact that they even did it is awesome. This is in the, in the Pacific Northwest in your territory, out of the out of Tacoma, I believe. And then, of course, after that stemmed, uh, I think this is its third year, third or fourth year, was Wasteland Weekend, which was the Burning Man for Mad Max Road Warrior Apocalypse fans. Basically, that's what it is. So it's dirty hippies in leather and studs, you know. <laughs> it's cosplay outdoors in the desert. Let me just point out that um, having just gone to PAX and seen a pile of cosplay, um, some of these outfits don't look like they're going to do so hot out of doors in direct sunlight. No, no, um, no. You do not want to dress up as a member of the Brotherhood of Steel. No. <laughs> in direct Nevada sunlight. This is going to be bad for you. Well, most of the most of the people dress. It's more of like a Mad Maxish theme. So people dress up in leather and studs. And we've talked we we've talked about having a show just about apocalyptic fashion because. <laughs> Because the apocalypse, because well, the apocalypse has become more about just being fashion. Because it's like people are like, look, we're apocalyptic. We're wearing leather and studs and gas masks and stuff that, like, yeah, it kind of looks cool because you saw it in a movie or video game. But I don't think it's that really fucking practical. I mean, these outfits. It's like, do you really think people are just gonna all of a sudden strip off their nice warm clothes and look, we're wearing, we're, we're a fetish party, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Apparently, the bomb, uh, you know, missed all of the leather bars. And, oh, okay, that's what it is. You know, they, they were safe because of all the leather it protected yeah. them exactly yes. um the only the, the only the only post-apocalyptic fashion statement i loved was the one from jeremiah where they realized the bad guys have underwear yeah and they realized shit if the bad guys have enough resources that they can spend their time and energy having clean fresh underwear we're screwed 
They're yeah. rolling in resources. Oh my God! It's not that I don't have helicopters, you know, machine guns, bio warfare suits. Now they got clean underwear. We're doomed. We're doomed. Exactly. So I mean, that's that's like it's, that's more. Those shows are more real. But the whole thing, yeah, it looks. Cool. Don't get me wrong, everybody. It looks cool. It's kind of neat, iconic. But again, it's you know, for if we're gonna go real prepper and apocalyptic thing, it ain't fucking practical. It's a, well, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fetish fashion show. That's what the apocalypse has become. It's a fetish, fetish fashion show. I'm suddenly remembering that they did a they did a, a gag on The Daily Show about high high gas prices in Wisconsin. Oh, my they, God. They to, um, and I can't, it, wasn't, it wasn't Rob Corddry. Um, it was the guy who was the ex-Marine, whose name I can't remember. Uh, but he shows up with the fucking you know, black paint on his face and the feathers and, you know, his belly hanging out, you know, and his fucking, you know, shoulder pads with, with feathers on it. And he's like, yes, the juice, the precious juice. <laughs> and just goes into the whole, the, just the opening sequence of Mad, of, of Mad Max 2 right there as part of the gag. And, gee, everybody, well, everybody over 30 got it, I guess. I don't know about these whippersnappers, but, um, yeah, we all got it. We all got the, we all got the Mad Max joke. You all got it. Um, oh, but speaking of Mad Max, one, one more thing. Let's go back to the 80s. I've looked extensively on the internet and have not been able to find this. Is There was a gas company commercial. It might have been BP or Gulf. I don't remember who it was. That had the, the series. Yes, you know what I'm going to say. The series of commercials for The Road Warrior. He basically yes. he was driving around in The Landmaster. Yeah, from from the again, it amazes me how the Damnation Alley survived Damnation Alley. Nobody knows Damnation Alley, but everybody's seen the damn vehicle from it over and over again. Yeah, so he's driving around and he's dressed like Mad Max and he's stopping at gas stations and I don't remember. I have scoured the internet trying to find somebody who's posted this on YouTube or has some videotape somewhere. This commercial, I have I have yet to find it. If anybody could find that and send me a link to it, that would be Awesome. <laughs> so, the road warrior. All right, the, the message is now out amongst the amongst the uh, the internet. You've you've made your internet birthday wish. Yes, I want. I want. Turns out. I want the road warrior. So. God. All right. Yeah, so I, I I remember those, and I I I I remember them being around at the same time that there was some weird spinoff TV show about like some sort of. Road Warrior-esque super truck. Do you remember this? It was like a what? battle truck TV show. Super truck? Uh, well, it, was, uh, it, it, was right, it was about the same time. and, uh, and uh, Same time as like Airwolf and all that stuff, like supercopters. And... Probably probably earlier than Airwolf. But it was some – apparently they watched – some producer watched Mad Max 2, saw the part where there was a truck being chased by stuff, and decided that's what people liked. <laughs> they tried to build an entire TV show about some sort of super battle truck being chased by things every week. And it lasted about five episodes before it, it tanked. And, um, yeah, it, it was. I, I, I'm not remembering anything else about it. If anyone else can fill in the blanks on that, good luck. Yeah, Good that's. Uh, I, I, va I vaguely remember something like that. So, all right. So, our final thing we're going to talk about briefly, because we don't have a whole lot of information on, it, is as we know, there's a reboot for Mad Max, Mad Max Fury Road. Um, I've seen pictures of like you know costumes and vehicles. Very little about it. There's not. A, there's not a whole lot out. I mean, there is. There was some out there. There might be more now. I haven't looked in a while. 
but there wasn't a lot out there. Apparently, it is, it is directed by George Miller, who was the director of all the previous ones. So it's got okay. that going for it. That's true. And um, so because of that, it's, it's you know drum up an interest. There's a video game coming out for it, which is good. So we'll see if the movie's any good. I'm always willing to give reboots a chance or like kind of remakes because you never know. They might. Again, they might be good in parallel, but not you know necessarily replacing the originals. You know, yeah, it's so. not like uh, we we we've managed to enjoy Zack Schneider's Dawn of the Dead and George Romero's Dawn of the Dead side by side, no yes. problem there. So maybe this will be able to fall into there somewhere. You know, that kind of like we can enjoy it as a separate thing. You could have called it a different movie, but you know. Because all I know, all I know is because this movie's coming out and they're coming out. The video game is at San San Diego Comic Con yet again. I want to go out there one day, but the year the year I get out there, there's gonna be nothing cool that I want. But again, this year, what they had and it made me cry that I couldn't be there was they had this whole big thing for the Mad Max video game. So they had this whole giant set with a green screen, and they had the fucking V8 interceptor there. And they're like, get in the game. They're doing things where they're like filming a little thing that you could be in or take a picture with the car. And I'm like, oh. I want, I want a picture of myself with the V8 interceptor. Why can't oh. I be there? No tears, tears rolling down your face. Oh, oh I, I cry, I cried myself to sleep for a week when I saw that. So, you know. <laughs> uh, no one, no one can blame you. No one would blame you. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get to be there. I didn't get to witness it. So yet again, I missed out. Again, so uh, like I said, as more uh, you know comes out about the movie and we see more trail, if we get trailers and shit like that, we'll talk about it more. It will I will reserve my judgment for now. Normally, I'm very judgmental oh, and picky what? about movies, but one more thing we forgot to mention. I know it's completely it's just going back. Um, I totally forgot to mention you know from all the Fallout games all the way from the very beginning, the Fallout One and Two. Um, the the freaking leather armor you pick up for the game actually has the one missing sleeve. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, the one missing sleeve from where he cut his jacket off to, to fix his arm. Okay. You know, which and so all the leather armor in the game has that set up with the pad on one side, and certainly the vehicle you pick up in Fallout Two uh, has it's got a blower, of course, because you know the last the V8 interceptors had a blower. So yeah, the and that's carried through all the way to New Vegas. That that same armor look has been used consistently, and it's just Plucked right out of Mad Max and uh, Road War. Well, and speaking of the blower on the inner, just, just again, just to get kind of car geek on you for a second here, yep. is because you know in the movie, like it shows the car running with the blower and he flips the switch and it shuts the blower off? Yeah. Not real. Totally cannot happen in real life because the way the way it works, you can't just shut it off. It was all because basically the blower... It's belt-driven. Yeah, because it's belt-driven. Bell, it's well, you, could, you can't just... They say it was something that would disengage the blower so it's not turning. It doesn't matter. The blower basically replaces your manifold because it's basically uh, a blower is a supercharger, which is a forced air induction, which forces because the more oxygen you have in your engine, in your fuel, the more power you have. So you can't just shut that off. It doesn't happen. So <laughs> what they did was they built they built they built something up to kind of fake it. I mean, mind you, it looks really cool. It's a great movie concept, but reality. Can't you can't do that? It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Ju just so anybody who cares about cars like I do, you can't do it if you didn't already know that. So that is fine. You know, we're we're here to this is the, the, we're here to geek out and you're yeah. geeking out about a cars. The geeking out about cars during a Mad Max retrospective <laughs> is mandatory. I think. Actually. Yes. 
because because you know I've had several you know old cars myself over the year, so I uh, you know I know a little you know a little bit about cars, so it's like no, I, I researched. I'm like, how do they do that? And I researched like, oh, that's bullshit. It doesn't work. We're, we're, but... we're bad podcasters. We should have like gone and checked out one of those websites that does the conversions just to find out how much it costs. Oh yeah, I... well, well, I remember I remember reading a number of years ago, maybe. Ten years ago, there was actually a company somewhere on the West Coast that would like find a Falcon, import it over, uh, do the conversion for you, put the kits on, and everything. That in back like ten years ago, that was like about a forty, forty, forty-five thousand dollar prospect. That ten, sounds about right. No, no, that ten, sounds ten, about right. Ten years ago, it's probably more now because again, the cars have become more scarce and cost of you know fuel charges. Everything's gone up, you know, to transport shit over. So. When I win the lottery, did I, have, did I have enough money to burn, not just like, oh, I won a little pot. You know, if I won like step, a big... Step one, you buy the house in Nevada. Well, I'm thinking about buying the, the silo out in, in, uh, <laughs> out in Odessa, but... Uh, um... Are you sure? There's a lot of room in that silo you're never going to get to use. I mean, they're not going to let you put missiles back in it. Damn it, but... <laughs> um... Oh, well, they, they don't... Nanny State, Nanny State gets in the way of everything. Well, not well, what they do not know will not hurt them. But, um, but yeah, that's one of those things. Is like if I ever won to where like I got like a, like a ridiculous amount of money off a lotto ticket, there it's like I could blow fifty seventy five thousand dollars on a car that I'm not going to drive every day. That's the car, <laughs> that's the car I'm getting. I'm not going to be one of these assholes. Oh, I'm going to buy a half million dollar Ferrari and th fuck that. I want the fucking V8 Interceptor. That's that's the dream car right there. <laughs> Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's like, oh yeah, something off of Top Gear that's a half million, two million dollar car. Fuck that. Who needs I want that? The la I'll get the Landmaster and I'm going to drive over the top of the expensive Ferrari. That's that's how I want to spend two million dollars, just crushing a Ferrari under the treads of some armored personnel carrier. That's what I want. That is a very, very sound plan, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Okay, so folks, uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. We're just under an hour, so we're gonna we're gonna shut down here, because uh, apparently the original plan of doing thirty minute shows, as we said, is long out the window. That's never gonna happen. So, uh, but we are gonna try to keep it under an hour. So we are under an hour. So we are gonna wrap up. Uh, like I said, we could talk about Mad Max and stuff forever, but we'll we'll come back we'll come back to it when uh, a little bit when we know more about Fury Road. And uh, we're me and Scott will talk about what we're gonna do next uh, next time. And uh, well, oh, shit, we may have, we may have to adjust our next show because two weeks from now, uh, on Tuesday I have a 6 a.m. flight because I gotta go to Dayton, Ohio for work. So I don't know if I'm gonna be up that late, but we'll we'll adjust uh, what we're gonna do and we'll figure out what we're gonna talk about. Because again, as we know, the apocalypse is rich, rich in topics. You know. Maybe we should talk about you know the post-apocalyptic fetish show. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, let's let's not. Let's not. Okay. Let's well, not. come on. You know we could we could wear you know uh, utility kilts and uh, uh, hockey masks and. Great. We're gonna change it to Mad Max Dirt Road as opposed to. <laughs> oh, no. we could we could get Terry on because doesn't he wear one of those? <laughs> but uh, yes. Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does wear a kilt on occasion. Um, I'm, trying of, I'm trying to think of a way to do, of defending that habit, but I can't. <laughs> no, there's no defending it. It is, it, 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 it is what it is, and everybody's into what they're into. Well, we'll just leave it at that. But right. um, fair enough, Harry. No offense, we love you. Okay, but uh, <laughs> all right, so we're done. Uh, we're done. Uh, any final thoughts? Uh, yes, that house in Vegas. 
Mm. Mm. There's supposed to be a similar one up here in the uh, in the northwest. It's not like that. I mean, that thing's crazy town. But there are a number. There's a place up here, I believe, in Everett that's actually got a um, a bunker you can tour. Oh, nice. Open it up to the public. Uh, what's one of the things we really ought to do is try and put together a show where we can point out some more of these apocalyptic tour spots. Locations, yes, that's yeah. We could talk as we could talk about our trip and you know yeah. other and other places like. Uh, well, what, what what do we call it? We like when I win the lottery, we're gonna go on the post the po the North American post apocalyptic tour. So yeah, yeah, and you still need to get out there and hit the, the hit hit the temporary Kennedy bunker in your in neck of the woods. Peanut Island. I I, I yeah. want my that's one of these days is my plan to to go do that. So, all right. So my final thoughts: nothing, folks. Uh, just as always, you know, remember, Domars are stupid. Just never forget that. So uh, we're gonna sign off, and uh, when we know what we're gonna talk about next week, we'll let you know. But until then. Uh, be safe out there in the wasteland, folks. Take care.